Hello and welcome to Crosstalk with your hosts, Martha Lee and Anna May, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and pointing people to Christ, provoke you to find your calling in the Lord, brought to you by Cornerstone Ministries New Life Church. So join us on a journey to reaching the world for Christ, starting in our own backyard. So sit back, we hope you enjoy the podcast, and we pray it encourages and blesses you. Well, Martha, here we are again, and we're getting ready for another podcast. But I gotta ask you, have you ever downloaded the Spotify app yet? Uh, I know you keep asking me, and I know it's free, but I just tap on the link you post on Facebook when I can find them. When you can find them? Well, if you would download the app, Martha, they'll be in your phone every time that you want to listen to them, and you don't have to scroll through Facebook and search to try and find them. Okay, tell me how to do it again. Download the app, Spotify, it's free, and then sign in. And once you sign in, find one of the links I post, and when you go there, follow us and tap the bell for notifications. And every Monday, just like that, the new podcast will appear, and you can listen whenever you want. Sounds good. Okay, then let's do it. Hello, and welcome to Crosstalk. Today we have Georgina Johnson with us. We're excited to have her testimony today. Welcome, Georgina. Welcome. Thank you guys for having me. We're glad you're here. And um, Bill's going to ask you some questions. Go ahead, Bill. Amen, Georgina. What what, what I want to ask you, where and when did you get saved? And what brought you to the decision of accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Well, it was um, here in Arizona during a revival with Bobby Wells in uh, 88, turning 89. I was 10, turning 11. And uh, I remember I got saved, and we left the service, and me and my sister Esther got in a car accident afterwards. So it's very vivid. It stays in my mind. Amen. Amen. (laughs) And uh, then I remember in 1990, I got baptized. Amen. And I received the gift of the Spirit. Amen. And I was, uh, I was a sinner in need of a savior like everyone else oh. is. <laughs> but I was so innocent at 10 and 11 years old. And I truly didn't understand God's love and mercy and faithfulness for me yet. Until uh, 2001 and 2002. Uh, I lived up on the hill in Albuquerque in a house. And uh, I was about as far away from God as I could possibly be. I was uh, spiritually on life support. Amen. I was the only thing I had going for me was the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It was the only thing I still had in my life that was anything to do with God. Uh, and I was ignoring it and running away from it. Uh, I had took my. Uh, I was a prodigal son. I had took my inheritance and my birthright, and I had squandered it to the things of this world. Uh, and this was in 2001, 2002, turning 2002. And my, uh, I was addicted to diet pills. I would take a sleeping pill at night to go to sleep. I just was as completely as far away from God as I could possibly be. I was selfish. I didn't care about how far the things of this world was taking me away from God and how it was altering me spiritually. All I cared about was being thin and looking good 
I was as selfish as a person as I could be. All I thought about was myself. I had uh, no compassion or love for others. I wasn't being a good wife. I wasn't being a good daughter. I wasn't being a good friend. I was just being selfish. And the furthest thing from my mind was furthering the kingdom. All I cared about was how I looked, what I had, where I was going, and what I was doing. And one afternoon, I was driving in the car from a furniture store. I was shopping for furniture for my new house. <clears throat> I was driving in the car, and I, uh, my estrogen took a febrile seizure in the back seat of the car. And I pulled the side of the road. I smacked her across the face, trying to bring her out of it. She turned blue. I grabbed her tongue. I held onto her tongue, and she started breathing. <sighs> when I did, when I held her tongue. Praise God. And uh, the ambulance showed up. We got in the ambulance, and we headed to the hospital. And her heart stopped twice in that hospital. And was paddle-shocked back to life twice while we were driving to the hospital. And... Uh, I, I back of that ambulance, and then when I got her to the hospital, she was put on life support. And every time for the next seven days, they would try to remove the life support from her, and she'd crash, 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 crash. And I remember all of a sudden, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I'd seen who I was and how I was living and who I was, and I cried out repentance to God. Amen. And he instantly flooded me, covered me with the lo his love. I felt forgiveness instantly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, the next morning I woke up and I, the doctor come in and he was an infectious disease doctor. And he said, uh, your daughter needs a blood transfusion. And I thought to myself, I need a blood transfusion too from Jesus. <laughs> but the man said, your daughter needs a blood transfusion. And he said, I promise you if we give her it, she'll, she'll be able to come off the ventilator. But he said, you know, she was in a seizure for 55 minutes. Her heart stopped twice. I can't guarantee you that she'll, ever, that she'll be able to walk like she did before she came in here, talk like she did before sure she not. came in here drink her bobies like she did before she came in here. She's probably going to have to learn how to do all that again. And he said, you know, it's, it's probably going to be uh, a long haul. Settle in. You're going to be here for the long haul, he said. Dear God. And I said, okay, doctor. Uh, but I said, give her the blood transfusion. Let's see what happens. And she got the blood transfusion. The very next day, they took the ventilator off her. Uh, she was, had been sedated with the ventilator. So about 10 hours later, she woke up from all the sedation, asked me for a tippy cup, <laughs> and wanted to go for a walk. <laughs> How old was she at the time? She was 18 months old. Amen. Gosh. And uh, she, but what's amazing in that story, God healed my estrogen 100% in that mm -hmm. moment, but he did it when I was at my absolute worst. Amen. And that's good. the most amazing thing to me. God healed me, delivered me, and saved me that night and healed my estrogen. Amen. When I was at my absolute worst, it didn't matter where I was at when he did it. Amen. And that's what really resonated with me. That's when I started understanding how much God loved me. Amen. Amen. That's what he said. I Amen. loved you when you didn't even know me. 
Still love this. Praise God. After that, me and my husband started uh, attending a wee church once in a while. Uh, and the, there was a, the pastor of the church had a little disabled girl. And she would sit in the front row in a wheelchair. And his, uh, his, the person who would come in every couple Sundays was severely disabled himself. The man was all twisted up, and he was severely disabled himself. And he would come in and preach the most beautiful messages. Amen. And the pastor of the church would preach the most beautiful messages about the pain and struggle of his little girl's life. And me and my husband would sit there, and we was just in amazement. And I started reading my word more for myself. Amen. I started reading my Bible. I was, I was, when I was in the world, I would come to church and have my hair and makeup on and be dressed. And on the outside, I'd look really good. I might have even fooled a few people that I wasn't where I was at. I don't think I fooled too many people, though, but I might have <laughs> fooled a few. <laughs> and, but I was in the worst place. I was lost. And then I started finding God for myself. I started reading my word. And I just, I really can't get over how, what God did for me when I was at my absolute worst. He saved me when I was 10, 11 years old. I confessed him as my savior at that age. But he truly changed me. He gave me a new name Amen. in 2002 when I cried out to him and I was at my absolute worst. Praise God. Jesus. Praise God. And that's what I really want to share with everyone, no matter where they're at right now. If you're at your best or your worst, God loves you and He wants to do whatever you need in your life. When our kids would get in trouble, the more trouble they got in, it seemed like we'd done more for them, don't it? Mm-hmm. It was the ones <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. That wasn't too long after that. That was, like I said, 2002. When I cried out to God and he, he changed my life, he delivered me and he set me free and he changed my life forever. Uh, it was just a few years later in 2006, my Johnny was born. And uh, I remember she was 30 minutes old. She took her first seizure. And I, the doctor took her away. They rushed her away and they brought us into a little room a couple hours later to tell us what happened and what was going on. The doctor said, uh, gave us the diagnosis. My daughter had microcephaly and lysencephaly, which was the very rare condition. There was only approximately 1,500 children in the whole entire world with what my Johnny had. Men said that it was incurable. There was nothing we could do. That she would pass away most likely by two years old. He said that... uh, she would never talk, walk, do anything. And I remember when he said all this to me, the nurse pushed a wheelchair behind me and I fell in it. For a moment, I got scared. I got angry. Every emotion that you could possibly think of flooded over me for a moment. And then instantly, all the things that I learned in that wee church that I sat in oh, with the man in the front row with his little girl and the man himself who was all those things started flowing in my mind. Jesus. That in my weakness, he was going to be strong. He was about as weak as I'll ever be <laughs> that day. And in my weakness, he was going to be strong. Amen. 
and that he would never give me no more than I couldn't handle. And when I felt guilty, I would think of that man saying, when the disciple asked Jesus, is this the father or the mother? And he said, no, it's for the glory of God. Amen. 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 And then, then all these things came into my mind. And I knew then, I knew then, God was going to take care of me. All I had to do, God was going to take care of me and take care of her. All I had to do was take care of her. That's what I had to do. That was my job. He gave me her, and I had to take care of her. And he formed her in my womb exactly how she was. And I had to take care of her. And that's what, that's what God showed me. Praise God. And he, another one was in his, uh, that his grace was sufficient for me, and he'll never give me no more I can handle. And I knew the same God who saved me at 11, restored and delivered and healed me at 23, would take care of me and everything else. Amen. That day, we started seeing doctors, started going to doctors and doctors and doctors. And we must have seen maybe 20 pediatric neurologists. We seen every pediatric neurologist Arizona had to offer, trying to have them tell us something different. And every single one of them told us the exact same thing. She'd be lucky to live till she's two years old. She'll never walk, she'll never talk. They also love to tell us that uh, 85% of marriages end in divorce when a child this ill comes into the home. They tried to say that every time we went to a doctor. And we thought my husband said, for my peace of mind, and my father-in-law, God rest him, he was, he was like, we have to go see the absolute best doctor we can find. And, and for my peace of mind, my father-in-law said, Okay, Johnny. So we went to uh, my pediatrician, and we did all the research. We found the doctor, Dr. Buckholter. He was in Rochester, Minnesota. He was the top pediatric neurologist in all the world. My heart of hearts, I knew the man didn't have nothing else to say to me any different. But for my husband's peace of mind, I know we needed to do it. So I goes to my pediatrician. I says, doctor, you got to get us in with Dr. Backholter in Rochester, Minnesota. My, my husband needs it for his peace of mind. And and doctor said, okay, Georgina, I'll, I'll try my best. It's going to be very hard. And you know it's not going to be nothing different. I said, I know it's not going to be nothing different, but we got to try for him. And uh, uh, I said, I'm going to pray about it. And I said, my God cares about my husband's peace of mind. I told the doctor. I said, my, uh, and the doctor said, okay. I said, and we, we, I did. I went home and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And a week later, the doctor calls me back and he says, doctor, uh, Georgina, this is Dr. Seba. He said, uh, did you say that prayer? I said, yes, doctor. I said that prayer. What's going on? He said, well, I got you an appointment with Dr. Buckholter, and not only did I got you an appointment, it's next week at the Phoenix Children's Hospital. Dr. Buckholter moved from Rochester, Minnesota to Arizona. <laughs> said, God works in mysterious ways. More than we would even know. Amen. Because Dr. Buckholter is my one of the most unbelievable things that happened during our whole time with my Johnny. Many I could tell you countless interactions and people giving their life to Christ Amen. in the two years of my baby's life that we spent in hospitals, 
people who who uh, would would was be in the hospital and they would come to me. I'd start talking to them and they'd give their life to Christ. Uh, countless. But uh, Dr. Buckholter, this magnificent doctor, came from Minnesota, and he had nothing different to say. Absolutely nothing. That wasn't the miracle. He had absolutely nothing to say. He said exactly the same things, but he was a wonderful doctor who took really good care of us, and I thank God for that. But that wasn't the miracle. We seen him, I seen him once, maybe two times, even sometimes three times a month if we made the hospital. Because my little Johnny had a very, very hard life. And I won't say she didn't. She had about 250 seizures a day. She, she spent half her life in the hospital, more than half her life in the hospital. She was on a ventilator over 25 times in her little two, less than two years of life. She was on a ventilator over 25 times. She had a very, very hard life here on this earth. Countless people gave their life to Christ oh, in that two years. Praise yeah. God. So Praise her life God. may have been hard here, but I can only imagine oh. what her life is like now. <laughs> her crowns. <laughs> but uh, one of them people were doc- was Dr. Backholter. He was a devout Jew. He did not believe in Christ whatsoever. He told me I was a crazy person when I first met him. He did not believe in Jesus at all. Like I said, we spent a lot of time together talking about Christ together and talking about God together, and I shared my faith with him every time I was with him, and that was a lot. Like I explained all those times we were in the hospital, and it was a lot of time I spent with him. And we talked about God a lot, and at... uh, he came to my Johnny's funeral. I remember that. He came to my girl's funeral, and he gave his life to Christ. Amen. And he went and became a Doctors Without Borders, and has been, now he's in Canada, because I keep in touch, he's in Canada now working again, but from 2008 to 2017, he did Doctors Without Borders and shared his faith in the gospel in remote countries all around wow. the world. It's amazing. So for my husband's peace of mind, we wanted Dr. Buckholter. But God wanted Dr. Buckholter <laughs> to be a part of the kingdom. Amen. 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 And oh. if you just if you just step out of the way and let God do what he wants to do. Praise God. Things like that happens. Amen. Amen. If we would have, you know, if I wouldn't have, and Dr. Saba was also a devout Jew, a Jewish man, and he gave his life to the Lord as well. Praise God. Amen. I, and then we had a physical therapist that gave her life to the Lord. There's countless. I spent 30 days in the hospital one time with Two women that wasn't living their life the right way, and they gave their life to Jesus at the end of it. Amen. After 30 days Amen. in the hospital. Praise God. But I can honestly say, when I was in the hospital for 30 days, if I would have focused on, I'm in the hospital for 30 days. This is horrible. I don't deserve this. My baby don't deserve this. This shouldn't be happening. If that's where my mind frame would have been, I don't know if the things that happened would have happened. Amen. I surrendered it all to God. Praise I surrendered God. my girl to God. And Praise I, whenever God. I would go to the hospital, I would say, we're here for a reason. 
watch who comes our way. And they did every Amen. single time. Amen. Amen. It wasn't about me. It was about like that piece of scripture. I watched it played out. It wasn't the sins of the mother or the father, but for the glory of God. Amen. 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 And my girl's life was for the glory of God. And I Amen. watched that play out. Amen. Amen. And during, while it's happening, sometimes it's hard to see. Amen. While it's going on, it's sometimes hard to see. So if I could tell the young men and women who's going through things with their kids right now, stop, take a moment and see what God's trying to do. Amen. Because he is doing something for his glory. Praise God. Amen. Well, God told us if we pray, he would move mountains. He moved about 12 states to bring that man <laughs> to you. Praise God. Uh, yeah, I do want to talk a little bit about, uh, so my Johnny passed away in 2008. Uh, like I said, uh, countless, countless salvations. I could literally, I could tell you many, many stories about Dr. Buckholter's one that's really, really <laughs> unbelievable. It really is. That's a keeper. Um, but in 2010, Keith was born. And uh, we prayed and prayed and prayed, and we really didn't want. My kids fasted and prayed, and we all was really had faith and hope that Keith, the doctors told me that the chances, usually things that are genetic, run in girls or boys, don't run in both. Chances of you having another child with it was extremely slim. Uh, it, it usually doesn't happen to boys and girls in the same house. There was, uh, they told me that they couldn't, we had all our blood tested. They could not find nothing genetically to show this is a genetic disease. So they was like, you must have come in contact with a virus. And you got, you got sick and that caused the baby's brain to not develop correctly. Yeah. I said, okay, so... Here's 2010, Keith's born. They takes him away instantly, does all the tests, comes back about 30 minutes later and tells me Keith has exactly the same thing as Johnny. And when I say exactly, I mean exactly. <laughs> Their head on the imaging looks exactly the same. So me and my husband sat down together because the lie that the enemy tried to say that we would be tore apart through this, no, we were brought closer together Amen. than we ever were. Amen. The things of this world was trying to tear me and my husband apart, but my two beautiful babies coming into this world and doing what the glo fulfilling the glory of God wasn't tearing us apart. <laughs> Hallelujah. So God uh, put us in this place, my my. Keith's born in 2010, put into the room again, told all the same exact things. Me and my husband already made the decision that we wasn't going to put Keith, even though we've seen all the beautiful things happen through Johnny's life, as a mother and father, we didn't want to see him go through the hurts that we watched her go through. And we said, uh, we put a DNR on Keith when he was born. Uh, do not resuscitate. And we said, we're not going to let him be put on ventilators his whole entire life. And we're not going to let him struggle the way that Johnny did and 250 seizures a day. And 
we really, as a mother and father, we sat down together and we said, we can't watch him go through it again. It's too hard to watch. Uh, so they sent us to hospice. We were in there for 40 days with Keith. We got thrown out of hospice. They <laughs> <laughs> told us there's no possible way he can survive. Another plan was in the works. <laughs> without ventilators and everything. There's no possible way he's going to survive. So they put us, brought us out of there. They put us home on home hospice. And at two years old, they throwed us off of that because by that time I had took Keith to Hawaii <laughs> <laughs> and he was not having hardly any seizures. Exact same brain. Right. No different brain. Right. Their, their imaging looked exactly the same. He was having hardly any seizures compared to Johnny. He had been to Hawaii. He had never been on a ventilator. He was two years old, and he had never been on a ventilator. Praise God. Johnny had been on a ventilator yeah. 25 times by that time. So we was like, oh, but we truly did surrender Keith to God. Even though it might sound like, what a thing they did. They put their baby a DNR. No, we truly surrendered Keith to God. That was it. And we, we took it. And John, we had surrendered to God too, but in a different way, so we surrendered Keith to God. And uh, we just took care of him. So uh, Keith brought countless people in his little lifetime to Jesus as well. The one that stands out a lot to me is uh, his, the physical therapist, he had the same physical therapist as uh, Johnny did. So she'd give her life to Christ. But uh, she got cancer while she was with us for the... Keith lived till he was eight years old. So Johnny lived till she was two, which was the text of what the doctor said was going to be. Amen. Keith lived till he was eight years old. Amen. And in the eight years of Keith's life, this woman was a part of our life. and She took cancer. And... Uh, she said, I just want you to know, Georgina, one time she said to me, the faith that your family has in God is what brought, helped me and grow my faith that I could walk through cancer. Amen. Amen. And uh, that's where I want to say, that's what Fearfully and Wonderfully Made does for our people. Amen. It encourages one another. We're, on that page, everybody's got we kids that's going through something. And they talk about God and what God's doing for them, and that encouraging grows the faith, grows Amen. your faith, grows your faith, grows your faith, so that you can keep going and keep Amen. going. All you would think people would say to me a lot in my life, in my time with my kids, I don't know how you do it, and I would think to myself. What else am I supposed to do? It's my children. I'm taking care of them. That's all yeah. I'm going to do mm -hmm. is take care of them. But a lot of people don't understand that. Uh, a lot of the country people that I would meet would ask me the question, do you ever get angry? Because when I would talk to them, I would say to them, I'm a very joyous person. I've always got a smile on my face. That's who I am. It isn't fake. It isn't phony. It's who I really am. The joy of the Lord is in my, my salvation and my strength. Amen. <laughs> And it is, and there's nothing else to it. I don't get down, and I thank God for that. But the people would say, how do you not get angry? How do you not get down? And I would tell them, it's because I see what God's doing. So I keep wanting to encourage people to stop and see what God's doing. Don't just focus on, I want this, I want healing. I want it to all go away and everything to be perfectly fine. 
And God can do that. Yeah. 100%. Amen. He did it for my estrogen in 2002 when Amen. I was at my absolute worst place. And Johnny and Keith, I didn't see it here, but they were healed. They're whole and well, oh, better amen. than anyone else amen. is going to receive Praise a healing. God. Amen. And I believe God is going to do miraculous things with all our wee kids that we pray for. And we're going to see miraculous amen. healings. I believe that. But in the meantime, I would tell the young mothers and young fathers to see what else God's doing. Because he amen. is. Because it tells us in his word that this is for his glory. Amen. What else is he doing for his glory right now? Amen. Rest in that. Focus on that. Contribute to that. Because your wee kids can't do it on their own. They need you to help them. Amen. They need you to help them fulfill what God is purpose for them. Amen. Amen. And that's what I would, Beautiful. that's the encouragement that I would give to the young men and women who have wee kids that they're dealing with with, with illnesses right now or anything that's going on in their, or with their wee children, I would tell them to ask God what he's doing. Even before you ask for your healing, ask them what he's doing and Amen. what you could do to, help, to, to encourage that and grow that and form that because your children have a purpose for his glory. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Uh, I've, I've probably answered all your questions. <laughs> uh, I just want to say to the, the young mothers and that to, and fathers to mend their marriage and their home together. It's very important because I know if I was told that, probably some of these other young kids have been told something like that. And I want them to really put God first, which God should be put first in every marriage. But when the when a child comes into a home, like these people aren't saying that for no reason. This is no. hard. This yeah. is hard. And the enemy would love to tear your home apart in the yeah. midst of this. So I would say to keep that in mind. God wants to pull you together. You have a job to do. You're a mother and father of a child, and you have a job to do, a child that's going to bring glory to God's kingdom. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. So God. something that just popped in my head while we got you here in the hot seat. <laughs> How important when you're going through something like this, because some people only rely on the 700 Club or whatever TV evangelist or their pastor of a church. How important do you think it is for a couple to pray together and read their word together when you're going through stuff like this, Georgina? What is the power of that? Very important. Very important. And me and my husband are different when it comes to the things of God. And he, we have our, our strengths and our weaknesses differently. Uh, George isn't very vocal. He doesn't like to talk. He isn't a public speaker. He don't like to talk. But he strengthened me so much in our times. Amen. And then I would go in the hospital and lay across the middle of the floor, speaking in spirit and praying over my kids in the spirit. Uh, funny thing, Dr. Buckholter, for instance, we would be in the... Uh, in when we were in the hospital, they'd put a camera on the kids and monitor them during EEG. And I would march around the bed in circles, marching around and around and around. And the people was watching me and listening to everything I was saying and doing in the room. Praise God. He gave Praise his life God. to Christ. Yeah. So. <laughs> but George is very quiet and, and not as much like that. 
But when those times came, when me and him would be standing in that room, the first thing he would say is, do what you got to do, quick, get down there and do what you got to do. <laughs> so he knew where the help came from and where Amen. the strength came from. And it's very important that you know that together. You know where your help comes Amen. from together. And the only way you're going to know that together is to read your word, talk about Christ together. That's the only way you're going to know it. Amen. Amen. So is there anything else you'd like to add today, Georgina, before we wrap it up? Um, this. I was I wrote down something that Go I ahead. wanted to read. Take your time. Go ahead. I just would like to share uh, whatever's going on, God doesn't change. And if we keep our focus on him, no matter what's happening, you'll go through it, and you'll go through it in such a better place, more hope and joy and peace and happiness and contentment than without him. And I just want to take a minute to encourage everybody. My home was strengthened because of God, brought me and my husband closer together, strengthened our marriage, strengthened our home, our faith in God together. And if I had to tell everybody something, it would be this. God loves you no matter where you are at. He will be faithful to you no matter who you are. His mercy endures forever. He cares for you and what's bothering you. He'll leave the 99 to come get you. He can mend your home, give you deliverance, set you free from addiction, heal your child, and whatever you're facing, he has already equipped you for. Seek him for your direction. He can heal your heart, fill you with everything you need, and everything he has is for you. All he wants is you. Amen. 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 So, Gina, I was speechless throughout it, and I'm a talker. <laughs> And you touched my heart, and I'm sure everybody listening, we want to thank you for sharing your heart. It's not easy. And we love you, Georgina. Yes, and I love you, and I'm grateful for the opportunity, and I just hope that people will see my heart. Amen. In the heart of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Georgina. It is for the glory of God. Thank you, Georgina. Well, that's our podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed it and was encouraged. Please follow us on Spotify for new episodes every week. If you download the Spotify app, which is free, it makes it much easier to find us. We'll be posting the link each week on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may you grow in His Word and Spirit. God bless.